Hello, this is episode number 42 of Gunfighter Cast. I'm your host, Daniel Shaw. In this episode, it'll just be me solo. Recorded this about a month ago, before Aubrey had became my co-host. Just had finished getting off the rifle range, and uh, we're just talking about a few different things. And I wanted to challenge you guys to do something that I'm trying to do. And I'm not going to tell you here, because I'm going to tell you a month ago. But you're going to hear it now. Alright, well, I hope you enjoy this little short episode. We'll see you next time. Uh, In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about my new toy, uh, the Next Level Training Cert Pistol. I'm going to give you a little Nike Sensor Challenge, or a Nike Challenge. Got a couple announcements to make, and I'm going to hit a little bit of listener email. Uh, But the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to copy the gun dudes. I'm going to copy the gun dudes, and I'm going to tell you what I did in guns this week. And really, it's two weeks. It's my time for my annual training. I'm on grass week. Grass week means you pretty much snap in on a barrel. Uh, you're dry firing. You're, you're getting used to your positions. You're getting your sling right. You're basically practicing taking shots without taking shots. Uh, you're doing everything there is to do to prepare yourself for the range the next week. you got marksmanship instructors giving classes. Um, some of those are better than others. You know, I'm just going to throw that out there. And that might be something I talk about here in a few minutes about, you know, what how you can tell a bad marksmanship instructor from a good one right off the bat. But that's what I did in guns. I did grass week, and then I went to the range. Now, we happened to have a typhoon coming right at the time that I was on the range. So it was pouring rain every single day, like a ridiculous amount of rain all day. I would get up at 3 in the morning. I would go to the armory. I'd be there at 3.30. I would draw my weapon. I would get in a bus and ride an hour somewhere up north. And then I would get out, and I would stand in the rain until about 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the afternoon every day. It was unfun. Now, had we been doing some really good, intuitive, combat-style, close-up, uh, dealing on the bad guys, when you see the whites in their eyes kind of stuff, it would have been awesome. But I was doing regular rifle range stuff where you go to the 200-yard line, you shoot a little bit, nice slow fire, and then you do a little what they call a rapid fire, then you move to the 300-yard line, do a similar thing, and then you move to the 500-yard line, and you lay on your belly, and you've got 10 minutes to fire 10 shots. And it's... uh. Not the greatest, most exciting thing ever, but it is a test of uh, marksmanship ability, and I ended up shooting uh, rather well. Could have done a little bit better than I did, and at the beginning of the day, I was shooting amazing, like better than I've ever shot before, so I was really expecting greatness by the end, but uh, a few things happened on qual day that I I didn't want to have happen. Most of it was not my fault, but uh, without getting into details, it happens. Uh, I'm used to it. It's not the first time. But I ended up having a good score, and it was fun. And then we go to a uh, what's called table two, where you go out and you do a little bit of combat-style shooting. But it's over before it gets started, really. When you start really having fun, getting a little warmed up, uh, you've already qualified, and it's done, basically. So it's uh, it's kind of like it's kind of a tease, you know. It's just just enough to make you want more. That's all it is. Overall, miserable week because you also have to pull targets for three relays of shooters. So you're down in the pits. Uh, where the targets are, pulling targets for at least half of the day. You know, if anybody's ever been in the Marine Corps or been anywhere and they pull targets or comp- competition shooting, uh, it's not fun. It's better when you're shooting competition. I've done that because people usually hit, you know, right around the center and it's really easy to do. But uh, out here, you never know what you're going to get on the line whenever you're pulling targets. You might get some crazy stuff and they're just all over the place missing the target. And it turns out to be a lot of work. But like I said, overall, it's a good time. Uh, I was miserable, and there was a time 
when I thought I was going to go all day long being dry. I thought I'd made it. Like it didn't rain on me all day. And I didn't have a Gore-Tex on, didn't have anything on. And I'm back at the 500-yard line laying in the prone. Took my first shot. It was a little bit left. And I decided I needed to adjust my aiming point for the win. I was using an RCO. And the rain started just coming down. Like crazy. Like insane amount of rain. Could not see the targets. This fog rain ran in. All I could see was where my last shot spotter was on my like human size, smaller than a human size silhouette down there 500 yards away through my RCO. I could see it down there, and then I lined that up with a piece of trash that was on about the 300-yard line. That's how I could tell which target was mine. I couldn't see my target number. I could barely make out the human-type shape on the target. And then I took my next shot, and it was like straight down the middle. And then I thought for a second, well, that was just luck. And then I did the same thing again. I ended up holding low left, like way bottom right. Or yeah, see, I hit left. Too much wind. Yeah, I hit way low left, or I was aiming way low left for the rest of my shots. And uh, that's what it was taking that day to put those shots down the middle because I was drilling them. I hit, ended up hitting uh, 16 out of 17 shots because I had a little bit of extra ammo back there from the 500-yard line in the rain, in the fog, where I couldn't see anything. And after about my second shot, I realized, you know what? I'm not miserable feeling sorry for myself wanting to get up and quit anymore. This is fun. This is what I do. It was, it was exciting. It was, uh, at first I was just pissed because I almost made it all day without getting wet. And then I realized, man, this is it. I'm hitting this target and it's great. And I'm wearing it out at 500 yards. It was fun. I needed that. I haven't had that in a while. I started to be a little pansy there for a second. Started feeling sorry for myself. But then I started hitting and remember what I am, what I do. And, uh, it started being fun, you know, and, uh, I'm glad that happened. I, I really, really, I really needed that more than I can really explain here on Gunfighter Cast. But that's what I did in, gun, in uh, guns this week. Uh, well, actually, I did a little something else, uh, and I'll tell you about that here in just a second. But while I was on this range, my weapon was completely rained on all day. And I purposely chose to not clean this thing all week long, whether I was in grass week getting rained on or in firing week getting rained on. It got rained on both times, all week the first week and then all week the second week, and I did not clean my weapon at all. I didn't want to clean it, not for the sake of time, because I was doing a little test. I was using some of Joseph Chetwood's uh, slipstream from Crusader Weaponry. You can find it at crusaderweaponry.com. Uh, he had been telling me about how great this stuff was. I used it on some M60s and some 240s in Thailand, if you remember, about a year ago. A little over a year ago, and the stuff worked well, but it wasn't an extensive test. Now, I'm not going to pretend like this two weeks is an extensive test, but what I am going to tell you is I didn't have a single stoppage, didn't have any trouble at all on even the combat style shooting we did at the end, or any time during the firing week, everything ran great. I was kept giving it to Marines, and they they were using there. I'm like, you know, it's CLP. That's all we're authorized to use, so I was pretending, you know. And they're like, that doesn't look like CLP. I was like, here, you can use it. You can try it. And without me even saying check out how this makes your bolt sound or how it makes your bolt so smooth and your your charging of your bolt so smooth and, and your rifle so smooth without me saying anything to them they all said where do you get this stuff it's it's i've never felt my i've never heard this sound from a rifle as i rack the slide or rack the uh, charging handle to the rear it's just there was very little sound it was incredibly smooth and i'm not exaggerating this slipstream stuff joseph does not give me money you know, in fact, I just had to buy two hats from him. I wanted his Crusader weaponry hats, little cool hats he got to subdue one in a red and black one. 
And I ordered them from him, and I had to pay for them like everybody else does. I had to pay for my Slipstream this time. He gave me some free about a year and a half ago. But this time he made me pay for them. So I am not getting paid by Crusader Weaponry. But I'm telling you, if you want a good lubricant, now I do have to do a little bit more testing for long term and see how it does in the desert environment. But a extremely wet, 100% humidity every day. The rest of my rifle's rusting on the outside. Man, this stuff was so smooth. It really, really was. And, you know, I would shoot about, I think, 70 rounds a day, 75 rounds a day, something like that. And uh, it would just sit in the rain. It would be sitting in the armory wet all night, and I'd bring it out, and I would shoot it again. You know, water and, and metal doesn't mix very well as far as lubrication, but this stuff didn't care. It didn't, you know, it was just, it, it felt like, I, I put just maybe, I'd say over the whole course of the two weeks, maybe 10 drops on the whole rifle. That's it, 10 drops. And I'm not talking about coating in it every day. 10 drops. This stuff stayed on there. You could see it on there. It was a slightly different, uh, it wasn't just a, a greasy look. It was actually, you could see a little bit of grayness in there. You could see the lubrication was on the rifle because it mixed with the water. It started changing that color. And uh, it just wasn't going anywhere. And every Marine I gave it to were incredibly impressed by how it felt when they racked that slide, that bolt to the rear, and how when they, uh, you know, when they're firing, you know, I wouldn't expect the rifle to have a stop with CLP on it. I mean, honestly, in those, in the, the environment we were, we were in, uh, CLP, I think my rifle would have went just fine and not had any kind of stoppage whatsoever. There wouldn't have been any trouble. I don't think the slipstream is what made my rifle the way it was and not have any, any kind of problems like that. I really don't think that, but I do, I could see where this stuff was really, really strong. I could see where, I could tell by the way it felt, the way it shot, the way it sounded as my cheek rested on the buttstock and the recoil happened right next to my ear. This, it's, I'm telling you, this is quality stuff. Go buy you some Slipstream. And here's how confident I am on this Slipstream. Go to CrusaderWeaponry.com, buy you some Slipstream, and if you hate it, if it does not work for you, if you think it's a piece of crap lubricant, Send me an email, daniel at gunfightercast.com. I will send you, tell me why it's bad, what happened to you, all this other good stuff. Just explain it to me in, you know, a couple of paragraphs, whatever. And I want to know why it's bad because I can't do extensive testing on it, but you can. I'm here in Okinawa. I can't, I can, I can put slipstream all over everything, but I can't go out and use it and make it and see how awesome it is. I really can't. But I'm telling you, order slipstream, wear it out. If it doesn't work for you, it's bad. You don't like it. Send me an email. Tell me why. I will send you my address. You send me your slipstream. I will pay what you, I'll, I'll send you the money that it costs you to buy that slipstream and the money to ship it to me. That's how confident I am that you're going to like this stuff. Not kidding at all. And like I said, Joe, don't give me any money. But if you're listening, Joe, by all means, you're welcome to give me money after doing this. Please, especially if somebody doesn't like your slipstream. Cause yeah. But that's what I did in guns. And I hope you guys check out that slipstring and you, and you dig it. Uh, the other thing I did in guns was um, Stan from the Gun Dudes. Zach from uh, Lone Wolf Distributors has sent me a cert pistol uh, that actually is manufactured by Next Level Training. You can find them at nextleveltraining.com. This cert pistol, if you listen to the Gun Dudes, you already know. Uh, you can adjust this thing to have a light come on as you touch the trigger, have a, or a light, a laser come on as you touch the trigger, have a laser come on as the shot breaks on the trigger. Uh, I've had it in my hand right now. It's roughly like a Glock, mm, I'm gonna say 19, just cause I missed my Glock 19. So it looks more like it to me. But, uh, it's kinda like the, uh, 
old Tom and Jerry cartoons where the animal's hungry and it sees like a steak right there shaped or whatever. That's what I'm seeing. Or I miss my wife's Glock 19. I better not say that. I got in trouble last time. I have a setup right now to where there is no laser whatsoever. I'm just on the sights because I found that if I'm shooting this thing and I had the laser on as I touch the trigger, it was making me look at the laser and not my sights. And I don't want to do that. I want to look at my sights. So I've got a setup to where I'm on my sights and when my shot breaks, a green laser comes on and I can see where my shot would have hit according to that green laser. And you can adjust this laser. Uh, you can adjust it around and, and do the different things to, to whatever you want to do for uh, training-wise. Whatever you want to accomplish, you can do it. But basically, it's a dry-fire pistol. What I do not like about it, and I understand why, because there's so many different... Uh, for what it is, uh, it's it's great for just a dry-fire practice. You can remove the magazine. The magazine's weighted. I would love for it to come with two magazines. Maybe you can actually remove weight and such from this thing. I'm just not sure how. I haven't done it yet. Because like I said, I just got it. I'll give you a more extended review on it later on. But I would like to really have a couple of magazines that'll fit in it. Because I really don't. I don't have any access to any magazines. I'm going to have somebody send me some magazines and hopefully get there. They get here before I have to send this pistol back. Because I, I really only get it for 30 days. Then I got to send it back. And I'm, I've already realized that I really like it. And I haven't been able to dry fire in forever. But now I have a pistol. Uh, you may hear a click every once in a while. That's me dry firing. Now I have a pistol that I can dry fire and. I really wish I could keep this thing, but I got to give it back. But sometime in the meantime, I'm going to do a little bit more training with it and play with it. I've messed with it with my Surefire Shot Timer on my iPhone, and I used to be able to get that to work with my BlackBerry on uh, my wife's Glock 19, but I, some reason, I, I can't get it to work and register with this Cert Pistol. It's not quite as loud of a click, but there is a little bit of click in there. Uh, my first thoughts are, I wish this click was louder, and I wish the trigger was a bit more distinct. Uh, as it's firing, uh, I think that would allow me to use my shot timer and be able to do some training there with this uh, cert pistol. But you know, that's my first also on it right there, and just a, a couple of few ideas right then. I I'm really excited about having the opportunity to play with one of these things for 30 days and then send it back because I haven't been able to really dry fire or do much of anything. Uh, I can get my hold my hands on some uh, Ismet guns every once in a while for short periods of time. Uh, that's basically just a M9. You know, having something like a Glock in my hand with the same grip and everything, it's a, it, it feels great. It, uh, I'm really excited about it. I wish the slide would retract. That's what I was saying earlier. That I can tell that, uh, you know, there's just so much uh, lasers and stuff in here. You can't really make it do that. But that would be really cool if we could do that and, uh, you know, practice reloads with it. You know, it's a, it's a great step. It's a great tool just for dry fire, uh, especially if you... You know, you're in certain situations, you want to be a little bit more safe than using your own firearm. Maybe you're like me and you can't have a real firearm where you're stationed at. Uh, I think it would be the perfect pistol for you. And uh, like I said, I've had it for since Friday and I play with it for maybe an hour. But uh, these are just my first thoughts on it. Uh, stand by for some more on that. Real excited about it. And that's it for the old CERT pistol. Uh, like I said, you can look them up at lonewolfdistributors.com. You can check them out. And uh, the manufacturer of the pistol is Next Level Training. Do me a favor because Zach Carlson is the one who got this sent to me. If you do decide to buy one of these, buy it from Lone Wolf. All right? Buy it from them. Don't try to get it from the distributor or somebody else. Get it from Lone Wolf because Lone Wolf's really hooking the gun dudes up with some stuff, letting them try out some things and uh, using them for some marketing. And I think that's great because it helps them and it helps Lone Wolf. And uh, by them sending it to me, was uh, I just sent them a little bit of information about how many um, downloads I get and my listener base and they said, you know, next level training said, yeah, sure. Send it to that guy. It's great. You know, I told him I was in Marine, you know, stationed overseas 
And they had just didn't really ask me any more questions. They just said, yeah, send it to them, sure. And, uh, you know, they're pretty pricey. But uh, if you can afford it, it's great. You know, I want to save my money, for one. Uh, I do want to get a good pistol. Oh, I almost gave something away. I better not. But I do want to get another pistol here pretty soon. But uh, this is pretty much on the list as far as I'm concerned right now. Unless As I start playing with it a little bit more, uh, I realize that I hate something about it. But as of right now, first thoughts, I, I want one. All right. Uh, what I'm going to do is take a quick little break. And then I got a little challenge for you. I'm going to read just a couple of emails. And we're going to call this a show. If you would like to interact with the podcasters and listeners of the Gun Rights Radio Network, visit gunrightsradio.com. Just click on the forms button at the top of the page and sign up for your free membership. All right, welcome back. I forgot to tell you one thing. I want to tell you about the gun dudes, man. These guys are just, a, you might make fun of them. You might laugh at them. You might lose brain cells when you're listening to them. All that stuff is incredibly true when it comes to the gun dudes. But I'm going to tell you, these guys are freaking Americans. All right. You know, some people put little yellow ribbons on their car and say support our troops for a dollar or whatever, and they buy a little yellow ribbon that goes to somebody who invented the yellow ribbon magnets. These guys have raised a large amount of money. I haven't listened to the last two shows yet. Well, I've listened to half of their second to last show, but I haven't listened to the last one. I think they were going to announce how much money they've raised. But I still see on their Facebook page all the time them thanking somebody for helping me come to MAG-40 because that's what they're doing. I haven't announced this on my show, one I haven't done one in a while. Uh, since they started it, but, but it was, that's impressive, man. It's just, it blows my mind that these guys just thought of, Hey, let's get, I had just said something one day. I was like, you know, I wish I could go to Mag 40. And they're like, you know what? We can get you here. And they started pushing this thing, donate money to bring Shaw to Mag 40. Basically what they said, you know, if you, in case you don't know, I guess I should back up. I'm, I guess I'm assuming that everybody listens to the gun dudes. Which, if you don't, you should. You're missing out on a show with some really solid information every single episode and some funny, funny emails, some funny... It's just... It's a great time. Honestly, the only show that I do not miss on the Gun Rights Radio Network, and there's one episode that's particularly better than all the other ones because I was on it. So go check that out. It's one of the recent ones. Um, Little joke there. But uh, I would say go listen to the Gun Dudes. But they are raising money to bring me, to fly me out of Okinawa all the way to the U.S., to Utah, and then fly me back home to get me back here. And they've raised as much money to do it, and they've even said that if they don't get the money to do it, they're going to find the money. They're going to pay for it out of their own pocket. And I'm trying to tell them, hey, you know what, you guys work at UPS. You can't make that much money. I mean, really, don't do this. You know. But, uh, you know, it's blown my mind how much money they've raised and how many listeners have came out and supported this. And they've even decided that this Mag 40 thing is going to be a regular thing. And they're going to sponsor a Marine every time. Or maybe not a Marine, but a soldier, a sailor, or an airman. Some member of the armed services. And I think Tom said, uh, last show I listened to was that, uh, you know, maybe keep it in my name or something. But still sponsor another soldier, sailor, airman, or Marine in the future. The next time something goes down like this. And help them out and bring them over. And that's just awesome. That's somebody standing up and doing something. And if you don't, if you get the chance, listen to the show that I was on with them, because I explained something that happened to me in OIF too. Whenever I was, uh, you know, having the hardest time in my life, simple things that people did back home that I didn't even know just kind of changed my life. It really did. This is what these guys are doing. These guys are doing something that, you know, they're they're jokesters, they're clowns, they're crazy, but. You know, they're, they're doing important stuff. And I tell people every day about what these guys are doing for me to bring me over there to hang out with them. 
and uh, and shoot with Masad Ayub and his his crew and the people I tell. You know, it's like they're excited for me. It's it touches them as well that they know that there's people out there that really care about the military. And you know, it's them and it's the listeners. It's you guys. Really appreciate that. I'm not even going to tell you what website to go to or how to go donate to bring me over there. I'm going to tell you to go listen to the gun dudes and figure out how to do it. So if anybody who listens to this show has donated that, thank you so much. I am in awe of, of what you guys have done. I totally didn't expect it. Whenever they said they're going to raise money, I was like, no way. Nobody's going to pay money for that. I, I did not even expect it at all. It's crazy. Thank you guys so much. All right. Now you're ready for the challenge. All right, I just bought a Nike sensor. All right, now the cool thing about this Nike sensor is you lift up your little insole of your Nike shoe and it goes in the back of your insole in the, in the bottom of the shoe. Well, that's if you buy Nikes. Me, I didn't buy Nikes. I bought a pair of Under Armour running shoes because somebody told me they were great. And I like them. I've only ran them once, though. But they don't want you to be able to clip this little Nike sensor on anything else. They want it to be able to go on your Nike shoe and that's it. So you got to either buy a pouch or, in my case, make one. So I made a little pouch out of a out of Kydex. Pictures up on Facebook. Check it out at GunfighterCast Facebook page. But my challenge is, I want you guys to get a Nike sensor. And those of you guys who already have one, use it. Or if you have an iPhone or an, uh, one of the iPod devices that has uh, GPS, download the $1.99 app. And I want you to compete with me. Now, I don't want you to see how awesome I am at running because I am not. I hate running. Can't stand it. If I didn't have to run ever again, I would be completely happy. But for the sake of fitness and for the sake of you know what I do for a living, I am required to run. And even if I weren't, weren't required to run, I would still go run on my own, which is what I do. Nobody makes me go exercise. I have to do it on my own. But that's why, and, I, and sometimes I get lazy and I don't go exercise. But that's why I'm doing this challenge. It's not only to challenge you, but I want you to challenge me. My email on Nike Plus is dl.shaw at live.com. Add me as a friend. Uh, I think my username is dlshaw on there. You'll see my picture up there if you find if you do a search. If you have one of these Nike sensors or you use that app for your iPhone, do it. Add me as a friend and outrun me and send me messages and push me to run. Send me challenges. Do the Nike tag thing that they have. It's a really cool system they have to where you make your little avatar and you go up in levels and you challenge your friends and you do stuff and you try to outdo them. It's really cool. I want you guys to challenge me. I want you to outdo me and I want you to push me so I'm not lazy anymore so I get out there and I beat up the pavement with you. You probably won't be running on the same pavement unless you're in Japan, but I invite you to challenge me and keep me out there exercising and I'll keep you out there keep challenging you. So that's my little Nike challenge. If you outrun me, you're not getting anything. I'm not sending you any stickers or anything because uh, what's probably going to happen is you guys are all going to be blowing me away. Maybe some of you I'll beat, hopefully. So it'd be nice. Oh, the last thing I was talking about, I was talking with a, a Marine uh, a few days ago, and we were discussing slings. And, you know, I like a one-point sling. If I'm wearing a lot of gear and I can't really get a three-point sling around me or it just keeps getting caught up on everything, I really like a one-point sling. It's so simple. hangs right there in front of you. I know we're kind of like jumping around from one thing to another, but I got a lot of few things I'm going to talk about, and I don't have a lot of time to do it. But this sling, uh, three-point sling or one-point, that's pretty much the question. Why do you guys prefer a one-point? 
And then why those of you that like a three-point, why do you prefer a three-point? I'm going to tell you how I am. If I'm wearing just a plate carrier and I've just got my magazine pouches and a you know first aid kit and a few other little pieces of uh, pouches around my gear and not too much, you know, personally, I prefer the three-point, even with the M4. The only reason uh, I, I do that is because I've learned, you know, I used to, I, I would go say, you know, two-point or one-point with a uh, M4, three-point with an M16, A4, 20-inch barrel. Um, but now I'm just going to go, if I have my preference, if my gear supports it, if I don't have too much gear with my, my three point getting hung up on all the time, or it's just a pain in the butt, I am going to go with the three point only because of the ability to cross body with the muzzle up and just the different methods you can do to get that weapon out of your way, to get it away from a bad guy that may try to grab it. If you're doing searching procedures, changing a Humvee tire or whatever, just the things that you can do with a three-point sling outweigh the things that you can do with a one-point sling. But one-point slings have their advantages too. Wearing a lot of gear, you can't swing that thing around behind you. You know that's not even going to be an option because you're wearing like what the Marine Corps issues if you're riding vehicles like an MTV. Ridiculously large amount of gear with side sappies. It's just insane. It's like you're, like I said earlier in a few of the shows ago, like Mr. Stay Puff, Stay Puff Marshmallow Warfighter guy. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. You're like the kid on Christmas Story. You can't even walk around because you got so much body armor on. It's just plain stupid, in my opinion. But, um, you know, in that case, a one-point is probably great because you're not going to be able to sling that three-point around. But, you know, it depends on the mission. depends on everything. But just wanted to throw that out there to you and tell you what I think about a three-point sling. And personally, uh, you can look on YouTube at the Gunfighter Cast YouTube channel and see the different uses for a three-point sling. Those things work just as well when it's on an M4. Uh, and then you can hook your two, your one point sling to your M4 and see if you can do similar things and, uh, keep your muzzle up out of the dirt whenever you bend over or squat down or change that Humvee tire or whatever it is you're doing. Uh, you know, I just, the one point, there's a sexy factor with the one point, but, uh, you know, honestly, I'm, as far as utility, I'm, I'm kind of staying with the three point. I really am. And this is not something that's happened overnight. I've battled with this for a while, but I'm pretty much decided that, you know what? Three point is for me. And call me silly if you want, but that's how it is. All right, here you go. Here's a little email for you that I think you might find exciting. Uh, this is from Mika Holtzinger. Daniel, I received the sand on Saturday. The sand he refers to is the Okinawan sand that it took me it, almost a year to go to the beach to get and put in a Gatorade bottle and mail to him. The timing was perfect. See, his grandfather fought in World War II. He hit Okinawa. If you know your World War II history or even if you watched a few videos or something, you'll know <laughs> that's not some simple feat. You know, it was pretty serious hitting Okinawa. Uh, my grandfather's birthday was yesterday. We went and bought a vase and a small placard that says Okinawa. When he opened it, he did not know quite what it was. Then he saw the placard and immediately stuck his fingers in the sand and began to cry. I must tell you, I've only seen him cry once or twice in my life. It was a really moving thing. I thought you would like to know. See, I'm getting a little choked up right now as it is reading this, and I read this months ago, uh, that you played a part in that. I have attached two pics of him, one normal and the other after he opened the gift. Uh, if you ever make it to the Washington State, you know, he invites me to go shooting and, and hang out and stuff, and I would definitely take, up, take him up on that. But thanks again for what you did. It was a wonderful thing for both he and I. God bless. You know, I, I, I apologize to him because it took so long to go to the beach and get mail because you ever get the... uh to get the sand but uh, and, and get it in the mail to him and I got it and it sat in my car for a while and I finally sent it to him 
I guess the timing, timing ended up perfect for his birthday, so it all worked out. But man, I, I wanted to share that email with you guys because first time I read it, you know, I was crying. I looked at the pictures of of the old man crying, and uh, you know, I was crying myself. I mean, it's just any day, <laughs> any day you can you can put a smile or or you know bring back a memory or do something good for an old World War II vet, you know, especially somebody who you know hit the beaches of Okinawa. You know, it's uh that's a good day, man. That made me feel good, and I I did something simple. You know, I just went. Scooped up a little sand and threw it in the mail. It was no big deal at all. But to him, it was the world. It was awesome. And it's, uh, and I thank you, uh, Mika, or I'm sorry, Mika. Uh, thank you, Micah, for, for letting me be a part of that, man. It's, that's just incredible. All right. And this is a really quick one. It's from Travis. All right. Daniel, thank you for your service in the military and for Gunfighter Cast. He asked, what is the name of the travel first aid kit that you talked about on my last podcast? Um, Adventure Medical. Go to adventuremedical.com. You can look at all the different stuff. They got a lot of good stuff on there. Some of the stuff's a little pricey. Some of the stuff, in my opinion, is a little bit overpriced. But that's where you can find it, adventuremedicalkits.com. It may not have a kits in there. Just Google it. You'll find it. No trouble. Oh, Jack Stevens. Let me tell you about this guy. I mentioned one day I would like to have some stateside Copenhagen. I think it was on Facebook, or I said something about it on a Gunfighter Cast episode. This guy emails me once my address. I give him my address. He sends me like two and a half logs of Copenhagen. I don't know if he's trying to kill me with mouth cancer or just really show me how freaking awesome he is because you can't get stateside Copenhagen over here. All you hear, you get the little plastic stuff with the formaldehyde in it. It's horrible. But he sends me stateside Copenhagen. It's nice and fresh and... If you know, if you dip Copenhagen or you have before, you know that you can't keep it for too long. Even if you keep it in the freezer or the refrigerator, it starts to dry out. So I gave away a lot of cans to some other Marines. So he not only hooked me up, but he hooked up a lot of other Marines. And then there was times in the day where somebody would walk in and say, hey, Shaw, you got to dip. I'm like, yeah, man, here you go. And then as I throw him stateside, his mouth becomes a huge smile. And he's excited because he sees stateside Copenhagen coming through the air. And then he catches it like he's catching an eggshell. Where he would have just not even cared if it was, uh, you know, regular stuff that you get here. But uh, he that really impacted more people than just me. Uh, thanks so much, Jack. I know that sounds silly that you sent us Copenhagen, and we think that was awesome. But dip Copenhagen for a while, and then come to Okinawa and buy the Copenhagen at the stores, and tell me how excited you'll be whenever you get stateside. All right. All right. Well, I got a few more emails, but I really ran out of man, my personal time that I had to do this tonight, and I'm. St- Really, you know, that's my show. I apologize if I want. I'm sorry. Gunfighter Cast has been slack. You guys keep listening. Don't go anywhere. Gunfighter Cast is not over. It's not going. In fact, I was talking to a gentleman this weekend, a good friend of mine from Security Forces. He just happened to get the island a week ago. And if you remember Justin, my old co-host, there was was basically three stooges. There was me, Justin, and Aubrey. And, uh, you know, we, we were always shooting guns, hanging out together, doing something, talking guns. Just basically, it was three of us. Aubrey never quite made it over for the podcast. It's kind of a long story. Aubrey just hit the island here, and he's going to be here for six months. So I talked to him this weekend. Actually, he came over. We hung out. And Aubrey is, uh, I don't want you to get your hopes up too much, because he's going to deploy here for a few months here at a time, and he's going to go for two weeks and back. So it's going to be hard to get together sometimes, but there's going to be plenty of weekends where we can get together. And, uh, he said that, you know, he's gonna, he'll be my co-host while he's here. And 
I've been wanting a co-host, somebody to get in here and interact with, and it's going to be great. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, if you like Justin, you like Aubrey, kind of same mindset, laid back, jokester, has fun, very knowledgeable, awesome shooter. Can't wait to get him on and should be the next one. And we're looking at hopefully next weekend recording this if everything works out right. So you should have one up there. Maybe if I'm lucky, I'll be able to get uh, one out a week for a month. We'll see. Don't get your hopes up too much for that one. All right. But uh, like I said, not going anywhere. Still here. Go listen to Gun Dudes if you don't listen to them. I hope to see you guys at MAG40. And I hope to see you guys on the Nike Challenge website. Add me on there. Beat me up. Make me look like a fool. A little pansy, whatever. I don't care. Challenge me, and I'll challenge you. Get out there and run. Get out there and exercise. Let me see what you're doing. Motivate me to do what you're doing or more. That's pretty much all I've got. Uh, see you again real soon, I hope. And sorry for this one being so short and so contentless, maybe. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Glad you're here. Gunfire Cast out. <laughs>